can I get you guys? Can I please have a chocolate sea salt? This is a popular order for King of Pops and is typically followed by the iconic sounds of rapper opening, which we'll get back to later. What's your favorite flavor? Chocolate sea salt. And why do you like it? Because it tastes like ice cream and it's good. And it doesn't make me hot anymore. It's Saturday morning, and we're staked out at a King of Pops cart. We feel like anthropologists observing Atlanteans' behavior on this hot summer day. Maybe we feel this way because we've just come from chatting with brothers Stephen and Nick Kars, who founded King of Pops. And their origin story also includes their other brother, an anthropologist. More on that transformative story in a few minutes. This morning, we've met Sam Moore, a high school student at Milton, who is loving his summer gig as a slinger. That's what they call the popsicle cart people, so much so that he has decided to stay on during the school year. It's a good job to make people happy, to make people's days, really. It's true. We observed lots of waves plus smiles from loyal customers. On today's special summer episode, we learn about King of Pops, a beloved brand that began in Atlanta in 2010. They are so much more than a popsicle company. They have created their own culture and become a part of the culture of Atlanta and throughout the Southeast, with Charleston, Charlotte, Nashville, just to name a few. You're listening to Peach and Prosperity. We are a dad and daughter duo who share economic, cultural, and historical stories around Georgia. Today's show takes you from the city streets where these popsicles bring joy to the King of Pops headquarters in Atlanta. We pulled into King of Pops' colorful parking lot, dotted with many vans covered in murals, classic carts, and those iconic rainbow umbrellas. Located just off of Decatur Street, with a Marta stop nearby, It's close enough that you can hear the trains whizzing by in the background. Once a month, this space is home to the Good Vibes Market on the first Wednesday of every month. Inside, there's a laboratory for top-secret popsicle research, popsicle-making machines, as well as conference rooms where big ideas are dreamed up. The pops come from the mixing room, which is to the left of this. There's a holding freezer, and then they get poured into molds over there. She's working on cookies right now, so she's placing the cookies in each mold before we put the the mix on top of it. They freeze in about 20 minutes, and they go down the packaging machine and into our big holding freezer. Turn this baby on. This is just where they go out with their trucks. As a dad and daughter duo, we love family businesses, so we enjoyed hearing the story of how King of Pops got its start. Let's start with Stephen Kars, followed by Nick Kars. We started King of Pops on April 1st, 2010. It's a funny day to start a company because it's April Fool's Day. And that's been our birthday. But leading up to that point where the idea came from, our oldest brother, I'm the youngest of three, is an anthropologist. And he was doing his field work throughout Latin America, Panama, Ecuador, And we would go down to visit him in the summers because he was in these interesting, cool places and he had a couch that we could sleep. Being an anthropologist, he kind of had a knack for knowing the cool things around the areas that he was in. And the paleta became a theme of our trips. 
we would always find the cool Paletta place that was near there. And we fell in love with the product. And then in 2009, many years after that, it had always just kind of been an ongoing conversation when daydreaming kind of about what we could do one day. I got laid off from a big insurance company and it felt like if insurance is not a sure thing, why not just try to open a popsicle company? So we did that. The next year, April 1st, was a deadline that I had set for myself to open and we went out with a single push cart on the corner of North Avenue and North Highland just to kind of see what the heck would happen. Surprisingly, although our plan didn't really exist, people showed up, kept showing up and telling their friends and the way that we kind of say it is before we knew it, we had a business. As the business grew, I quit my job. So I was a prosecutor in Gwinnett County, putting people in jail. Probably joined, if that was April, maybe June-ish, full-time of 2010. Steve and I did it mostly alone that year with the help, obviously, of a lot of friends, our parents, girlfriends, and anyone else we could drag along. It was interesting. After that first year, we closed down shop, counted all of our $1 bills, and decided to go surfing. Didn't know whether when we popped up our cart and our rainbow umbrella the next year, whether anybody would remember us, but they did. And they're still remembering us, you know, a few years later. So pretty lucky. As they perfected their skills in the kitchen, they learned from the experts including Penn State's ice cream course, which has become pretty famous over the years with alumni, including Ben and Jerry's. Like every business, King of Pops went through the branding process before deciding on their name. They went through a bunch of options, including Frozen Man, and they have the illustrations in their office to show the iterations. So the naming process, Fria, F-R-I-A, A was the winner, just didn't feel right. And I think uh, we went with our gut and said, King of Pops feels right. So picked it uh, despite despite not winning the vote, which sometimes you kind of got to do. At their core, King of Pops was always about not only making something that mattered, but being something that mattered too. So community has always been a huge part of King of Pops and why we exist, the core purpose that really already existed. That is to create unexpected moments of happiness, keep the umos going, the unexpected moments of happiness, keep making small talk and jokes over over popsicles. And it's something so simple, but can put a smile on your face or change your day in an instant. So that was always really neat. So we thought we have this product that people really like, that they connect with the brand in some way, but you know, more importantly, just the idea of it, the fun, the happiness and how can we continue to spread that so i think it's a natural fit for us to do things in the community that get people out to get people active to get them talking to each other and to know their neighbors and i think if we can have those small moments in in any community you know we're building trust and we're building the moments that people really remember that spirit is evident in the flavor creation process Flavors have always been a very important thing at King of Pops. We started in a shared kitchen space and it happened to be an ice cream shop. So there were always awesome ingredients around for us to try. And then some of our first sales places were farmers markets. And so we got to know local farmers with either peaches or blueberries or other Georgia fruits, vegetables, herbs even. And we started throwing all of that into Pops combined with stuff that we just thought was delicious or that we found at DeKalb Farmer's Market or other places around town. The opening menu is something like five or six. And Steve was taking requests at that time and would literally 
take the request, make the pop that night, and the next day the request would be fulfilled on the streets. So we don't quite have that service anymore where it's an on-demand specific pop request. But we've probably made five, six, seven hundred flavors now and counting. We have a weekly session still where we're we're taste testing probably five or, or so new flavors almost every week. And what exactly goes into those flavors originates at local forums, including supporting small businesses and starting their own. King of Crops is a farm in Winston, Georgia. That's near Douglasville, about 30-ish miles west of Atlanta. The idea for the farm was to grow some really great ingredients for our pops. It's an amazing place, 70 acres. We've got a tiny house on it now. We're growing blackberries, blueberries, muscadines basil, mint, pawpaw, and figs and pears are still coming up, but that will be out there eventually. And the idea is not to replace the many farms that we get produce from, but to truly understand that process. Get produce that is like specifically designed for popsicles, which is, as far as I know, completely unique. And it's a just this really amazing reminder of how much work goes into creating these foods, harvest and plant and fertilize and weed and those are my favorite pops just because the the story the farm represents the creativity of king of pops as they've tinkered with ideas over the years we have tried to build a culture around this idea that if you want to do something you're the probably the main thing holding you back from doing it so when someone does want to have an event whether it's pop art or run club or a yoga event or we have a good vibes market you should just go for it and the the opportunity cost of failing is very very low it's a little bit of your time but even you learn something it goes along with the purpose we fully embrace that approach it's what drives so many of our family's projects. And we love learning about their many initiatives like King of Pops Yoga, Run Club, and many, many more. King of Pops has also expanded the brands under their umbrella to diversify during off-season. Oh yeah, Tree Elves is one of my favorite King of Pops enterprises. So we've got a lot of enterprises over the years that have come and gone. And this one's actually stuck around. So probably done it six or seven years now. It came around from the idea that we had a lot of great employees. And in the winter, it's tough to sell pops, if you can believe that. So when it comes to that time, another very seasonal business is the Christmas tree business. Only lasts about a month and you're in and out and it happens to be the opposite of popsicle season. So we put those ideas into our brain and outshot, hey, let's sell some Christmas trees with the people that we have already on payroll so we can actually pay them something and they can survive and continue to work for us because they're awesome. And we can also hopefully continue to bring people unexpected moments of happiness by showing up at their house in elf outfits Sometimes giant elves show up and they can have a little Christmas experience and often paired with holiday flavored pops. They've also grown in cool directions to help other Southern brands with distribution. That's called P10, delivering products like Banner Butter, Callie's Biscuits, Dew, South Pickles, and many more. Recently, they announced some pretty big news, a new venture. Called Wonder Kid. And within that diner, there'll be an ice cream kiosk where we're going to have some pretty groovy 
soft serve. And we're also opening a similar brick and mortar to what we have at Pont City Market in Nashville, in Germantown. As we return to the Popsicle cart, where our episode began, we see King of Pops from a new perspective, having learned so much about the business, even the art of opening the wrapper. It's pretty controversial. This is how we started cutting Pops. It's called the King's Cut, but if you haven't opened yours yet, I'll show you what the kids are doing these days. Are you ready to consume yours? Yeah. It's called the Pop and Twist. So there's kind of a couple different camps. There's the King's Cut, which basically no one does anymore except me. And then there's the Pop and Twist, which on the Thai tea, it does have a sticky top due to the higher uh, sugar content. So it's very challenging to do the Pop and Twist well. That's actually not your fault. So whether you're ordering chocolate sea salt or... And I have a strawberry lemonade and a banana pudding, please. There are lots of emus to enjoy. We even watched one take place live at the farmer's market. Nine days out of ten, you show up and you know what you're going to do. And you uh, try to sell some pops and hope that hope that people love them and smile. But every once in a while, there's these opportunities to do things that are just much deeper. And, and to be able to provide that opportunity and then ultimately have people provide that opportunity for themselves and other people. It's just like this cascading effect that's really powerful. Best of all, we learned straight from the source that pops are not just for summer afternoons. We love King of Pops for the flavors and finding them at all the local farmer's markets and fun spots around town. And it's currently 10.30 in the morning, so popsicles are okay for breakfast? (laughs) Yes, especially at our house. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Peach and Prosperity. I'm Jeff. And I'm Julia. Follow along on our adventures in between episodes on Instagram and Facebook. Pound. Pound. Hashtag. Hashtag. Beach and Prosperity. This episode wouldn't be possible without a few friends. We want to give a shout out to Gina Kim, who spotted Nick Kars at Creative Mornings Atlanta. I recognized him instantly by his popsicle socks. And... Thank you to Andrew Seidenberg for the music in this episode. And thank you to our friend Eugene Buchko for joining us for photography and a popsicle. Until next time. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.